Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Gary Tini, and our topic is kindness. It's one hell of a struggle to be kind to people who don't deserve it. Now, this podcast isn't about who our guest is or what they've done. It's about what they stand for. Gary, before we get started, I'd like to enroll you in the possibility of God transforming the life of one of our amazing listeners through our conversation today. For that to happen, you and I must go deep into the awkward and uncomfortable moments that sometimes show up and not be afraid to show our humanity. I believe that this is what God wants from us. Can I enroll you in that possibility? Yes. All right. Gary, let's get down to business. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? Well, uh, for me, uh, I'm madly in love with my wife. And uh, coming back from Honduras yesterday, I uh, was upset that the four people in front of us didn't have their boarding pass and were holding up pre-check and holding up pre-check, and holding up pre-check. So I said, sir, can we just go on around since we're in pre-check? And he said, yes. And so I scooted around, realizing there were two people behind them that weren't part of the four people blockage. So I, I actually went past two people and didn't give them the option of going in front of me and went through uh, the customs check and then went through the uh, x-ray thing with some hassles because of my metal knees and looked back and my wife didn't get through the customs check either. So just to clarify, you were so focused on getting to where you needed to go that you left your wife behind. Is that correct? Yes. And behind customs, which is behind a wall. You did not. Uh, She pointed that out to me that I did. Oh. Yes. So... um, no one deserves it more than her and in that moment I wasn't kind to her Mm. so wrap that in a bow for me why is the world not working right now well uh, Covey says you have emotional credits in relationships and I burned a bunch of credits in that moment I really hurt my wife's feelings and I hurt my wife's feelings at the end of an incredible you know, seven days in paradise, and then, you know, being a, I've got to get there faster and and run faster and jump higher than other people, competitiveness in going through lines, I, uh, I was unkind to my wife, who I love dearly. Wow. That's a, I, I love the real life example that you just gave, and it's, you know, it just happened yesterday. Yeah. Right? So you're definitely present to how that feels right now how your wife feels because she was very clear about how you made her feel with your action it almost sounds like something came over you like in that moment like did something come over you and and if so what was it well um so uh, one of the things that uh, also is unkind is uh, me thinking traffic doesn't move like traffic should move when it's in front of me and so uh, I'm oftentimes not very kind in a vehicle. Um, I honk at people who are going slow in the left lane with 30 car spaces in front of them, or when three cars are aligned, all driving slow and not passing in the passing lane, which is the left lane, which was in the manual when I took it 47 years ago. 47 years ago. Yeah, uh, maybe longer than that now. And so I've actually been so unkind in a car that my wife said she might not ride with me anymore. So really, um, being unkind to strangers doesn't work for me in addition to occasionally being unkind to my wife. 
So uh, kindness is definitely something that keeps the world from working the way I'd like it to work. Mm. So what I'm hearing you say is the, the lack of kindness or kindness being missing yeah. in many of our relationships is why the world isn't working. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I also get your whole traffic uh, dilemma, right? And debacle and the feelings that come over you. And I also have that tendency. Uh, and for those of our listeners that do not live in Tampa, Florida, um, that are all over the world, uh, Tampa is the is in the southern United States. And uh, down here, uh, people don't drive the way they drive up north in larger metropolitan cities like New York, Los Angeles, etc., where you don't want to drive slow in the left lane because of road rage. Yeah. And you know that if you stay in the left lane and hold up traffic, it could become a very dangerous situation for you where people will actually take action and use their vehicles in a dangerous manner to move you out of the way. Uh, here in the South, that's not the case. So... You know, Gary, what I'm hearing, and, and this might be right or, or incorrect, uh, is almost when you're stuck behind uh, or stuck in line and it's not moving, would you say there's a feeling of helplessness or powerlessness? No, actually, I go into power mode. So I'm the guy that will go up to the front of the line and say, you know, will you get more checkout people? Uh, I'm the guy that will talk to the customs agent or the security guard and say, hey, I'm clear these four people have a problem, but th could the rest of us go through? So, it, yeah, I become more of a, as James Taylor said, a steamroller baby. I'm going to roll all over you. So I, I become the bulldozer that shoves things out of the way. So my next question is, how effective has that been for you in your life? Well, it definitely gets the goal accomplished, and then I sometimes look backward and see the consequence. So there aren't very many kind bulldozers. Mm, well said. So some of those consequences may look like, you know, a family member uh, left behind yeah. or someone hurt, their feelings hurt because... While you were in that state of mind of becoming powerful and becoming the bulldozer that needs to move this forward because no one else is, uh, sometimes we forget there's people, yeah. people involved. I get that. I get that 100%. For any of our listeners out there who are type A personalities like Gary and myself, uh, I'm sure you're really resonating with what we're saying right here. And here's the thing I, I'm going to bring up. What's showing up for me is... We're talking about lack of kindness and, and just moving things going because we know it's the right thing to do and we can't stand uh, that feeling of things just not moving in order, in an orderly way, if that makes any sense, and everybody's losing in that situation. And to sit there and watch everyone lose and not take action, for me personally, is not something that's acceptable to me. So I immediately go into action mode, just like Gary's talking about here, and I get that. However, as Christians, we're called to, to not always go into action mode, right? Sometimes we're called to go into humility mode, uh, to go into kindness. Is humility on the list? Because maybe that's <laughs> the one I should really be working on, because not always as humble as I could be. So let's talk about that for a second, because I think in order for kindness to show up in us, Humility first needs to be present. Yeah. What shows up for you there, Gary? Well, yeah. Clearly in moments like that, I'm the center of the universe. And, you know, uh, maybe the sun is humble uh, in the center of the universe, but uh, generally it's just uh, flames spouting out so uh humility in a moment of unkindness doesn't really exist because if it did if humility existed there would be nothing but kindness mm. i get that you know for me what's showing up is i have a choice in most situations like we're talking about giving a few examples right now and my my choice is humility and, and I'm going to use another ex extreme word here, humility or hostility. Mm -hmm. And 
it's very easy for me to cross that line. Yeah. And to bring up feelings of hostility uh, that move the steamroller because a steamroller is a big, heavy object and it needs a lot of force and drive behind it to fuel it to, and to move that engine. And it's almost a very hostile type of energy that's needed to move that steamroller. And I realize in my own brokenness that I have that ability to be hostile and justify it yeah. with, oh, no, I'm just doing what's right for everybody. Yeah, right for everyone doesn't show up when I'm in that mood, unless you're behind me moving at my speed. Then it's like onward and upward, but it's really all about me getting to the front of the line. And I, I love it when my wife's behind me going because I get her to the front of the line with me, but I often don't look back, and I didn't look back yesterday. And uh, there's, there's always a price to pay, and uh, it's a price that I don't want to pay with the woman I love. And if I'm that way in other places, that not being kindness muscle gets stronger than my kindness muscle. What we do in one place, we do everywhere. And I'm clear, the more I'm unkind anywhere, the more I'm unkind everywhere. So the flip side of that, the more I can be kind, the more I will be kind, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm getting exactly what you're saying. You know, a story comes to mind. Uh, it's kind of humorous, I think. Uh, I was driving several months back, and uh, I'm in the left lane, and sure enough, I'm coming up on a, a car, a minivan. It was a white minivan, and it's going really slow in the left lane, and it's blocking because it's running at the same speed as the car in the right lane on a two-lane road, and I have nowhere to go. And now I have to brake stroll behind the car hint at it i flash my brights they don't that works in germany it also (laughs) works up north right because people are more aware of the they use their mirrors down here in the south somehow i think they don't use their mirrors and they're just kind of like charlie brown they're like do 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 that's just how they drive through life and i'm flashing and i even start serpentining like a snake with the car behind them which i have seen works effectively because it catches their eye they see some kind of movement and then they realize oh shoot there's a car right behind me i'm blocking neither of these techniques or strategies worked that day and i'm getting frustrated and it's just building up in me gary and i'm feeling that hostility coming over right and there's a sense of road rage that just wants to consume me and i know where that comes from that doesn't come from god those feelings Those feelings come from the enemy, right? He wants violence and he, and he wants that lack of kindness and that pride that I am more important than the person in front of me and where I am going is more important than where they're going. And how many times does that show up in my life, right? So I'm in that situation. Finally, the car in the right uh, makes a right-hand turn and that right lane frees up. And man, I, I don't just want to go in the right lane and, and just take off and go where I need to go. No, I have to pull up to the minivan in the left lane and give them the look, right? Got to give them that stink face emoji look, right? And sure enough, I pull up and I just want to say something. I want to roll down the window and, and say something. And as I pull up and I look up at this white minivan, Gary, I do a double take. You know why? Why? It was my brother-in-law driving home from work to my sister and all my nieces and nephews after a long day at work. And that's the guy I was about to just rip apart. Who the heck do I think I am? Yeah. You never know who's in that car, right? It's somebody's dad, it's someone's grandmother. We don't know. And yeah, I get it. He could have done a better job being aware, but he was tired because he works long hours for FedEx and he carries boxes all day in the heat as a courier. And he was unaware. And here I am judging him, yeah. being judge and jury, condemning him, right? So, wanted to share that story. I guess it wasn't as funny as I thought. No, it, uh, it, because it hit home to me. Uh, I oftentimes will honk when I'm, there's plenty of room to turn left, you, you know? Those cars aren't anywhere close. You could turn left right now and let us both go. 
and you know, and then they're turning into my subdivision because they're one of my neighbors. You know, oh, okay. So yeah. Um, so uh, this is really getting me present to uh, who I'm committed to being is in relationship with humanity, and when I'm unkind in the car, when I'm unkind in a line, when I'm unkind anywhere, I'm pushing humanity away. I'm not embracing it, and uh, that's not who I'm committed to being. I love that you just went there because that you just what showed up for you, you just made present to me, for real. It's like. Gary, you and I, the way we drive on the road with our lack of kindness, we are part of the reason why the world isn't working. Yes. And that, that hits home, right? And I know we're talking about kindness today, and uh, we're not talking about just kindness on the road driving. However, that's a real-life example that's present for a lot of us. And really what's showing up is pride. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a whole different topic we'll do on another show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love where this conversation is um, because it's it's getting me to a, a, a humble place. And I didn't think I'd be doing this on the show right now, but kind of self-reflecting. And at the same time, I'm hosting. So I, I have to be present to you as my guest. But yeah, I'm having some self-reflection going on. And, um, you know, Gary, where else, uh, you know, would you say kindness doesn't show up? that you see? Maybe it's not in your personal life, but maybe you see it in others. Well, uh, right as you asked me the question, uh, my oldest son, who's up 31 today, uh, Happy be picking birthday, up a cake son of on Gary. the way home. Yeah. Um, he's, his life kind of crashed in Texas. So my wife and I uh, decided to let him live with us for originally six months, and then it turned into a year because six months wasn't long enough. He's been with us now uh, over seven months. And uh, early on, I would be having a conversation uh, with him in my head about how upset I was and what he was doing and, and the effects of what he was doing. And I would catch myself and go, wow, I would never talk to an employee like that. I would never talk to a friend like that. Why would I have a conversation with my son like that? So, um, yeah, um, the words we say, the unkindness we use when we talk to people can, can have massive damage that couldn't last forever. And uh, I, what's showing up for me right now, Gary, is, you know, you're talking about kindness specifically in our language, yeah. in our words and how we speak to others. And for you, it was your son. And, you, and you're really like owning and saying, I don't speak to anybody else like this in my life. Why am I speaking to my own flesh and blood this way? Yeah. This isn't how I would respond to a, a coworker or an employee. I would treat him with more kindness, yeah. more understanding. But isn't it interesting that those closest to us, those who we've given a piece of our heart to, are also the ones that we can be most harsh with? What's that all about? I think it's, and if, if you were asking me, and I think you are, I think what it's about is that we've given them a very vulnerable piece of us, a piece of our heart. We've let them in deeper than we have with the other people in the circles in our life, our friends, our coworkers, etc. And because of that, their little actions that can be so trivial actually hurt us, sting us, wound us in a deeper way because they're in, in our heart. Yeah. In fact, my definition of love is I hand someone my heart, and then whatever they do with it, they do with it. So it is that vulnerability of um, exposing yourself, making yourself available, so I can get that those things that upset us are because we care so much. That's exactly it. And we also have so much to lose, right? Even if it's in our head, right? Because we're not actually going to lose anything if someone hurts us. But, oh, go ahead. That pride thing. As a parent, you want to be the perfect parent, which means you'd have a perfect child. Well, there's no such thing. And so, probably part of the upset is I've got a 30 year old that's acting like a 12 year old. And what does that say about you as a parent? Exactly. That's where the pride comes in. Yeah, for sure. 
You know, I look at uh, the same thing in uh, other parts of my family, right? If I have a brother or a sister whose life isn't working, what does that say about me as a brother? You know, why am I not standing for them? Why is their life not working? Am I a good brother? Am I a bad brother? What's wrong with me? And I think sometimes, you know, uh, personally, um, I do have one family member that's coming to mind right now where I have been anything but kind to that person for years and years and years. And I did it in the name of love. So my, I was unkind to them because they needed to, to hear my advice and to go change their life because I was right. Yeah. And my life was working and theirs wasn't working. And I think it comes down to that. It comes down to that pride of I need to look good and I need to be right. And even if it's at the expense of others and you left your wife behind at an airport, I left my brother behind just in life. Just in life. As a brother, I wasn't a good older brother. For sure. And it's taken years to kind of finally get to the place where I had to look him in the eye and really own up that I was not a good older brother and I had pushed him away just with my lack of charity my words my harshness uh, my advice and my giving up on him and I could imagine how that occurred to him yeah yeah that's that's probably the blindness we have when we have a lack of kindness is is not uh, even being present to the effect it has over there you know um, so definitely got present to the effect it had on my wife yesterday <laughs> and she made sure of it <laughs> well no she was actually gracious she was she was almost in tears and she really, really, really asked me never to do anything like that again. And, uh, uh, but it, uh, it hurt her. And it hurt her at a time where all we had was just the joy. And we were exhausted from the trip. And I was doing my, you know, run faster and jump higher and be there first thing. And uh, it was just inappropriate at the time. I get that. Now, Gary, I'm going to take this conversation a little to the left or a little to the right, whichever is your perspective. Now, the topic is it's one hell of a struggle to be kind to people who don't deserve it. And I think you and I just shared some examples of people that we would consider who deserve it, right? Our family members, our loved ones. Let's talk about people who we would consider don't deserve it. Who shows up for you? Oh, the guy in front of me who's not turning left. Yeah, that guy. Uh, but, boy, um, it's the I'm better than them, uh, where I'm going is more important than them. It really isn't them not deserving it. It's me thinking I deserve it more that really is the problem here. Boom. I like that. Expand on that, if you will. Uh, they're not in my way. I, I'm just behind them, <laughs> you know, and uh, the way they're showing up is they're in my way, you know. Um, Anita and I have a thing about people that walk into a doorway during high traffic areas and stop. You know, people come out of the customs thing at the airport with their big bag and stop in the, you know, four foot wide area. And this there's 200 people here behind you, you know, stop 10 feet away and let people around you. And it's because I'm more important than you are thing. And uh, wow, uh, this, this interview has kind of whacked me upside the head to really get me present to I'm not any more important than they are. I'm just acting like I'm the center of the universe and I'm not really the center of the universe. I'm just one of those little specks out there in the distance. So I like what you're saying, Gary, and I, I'm really glad this interview is opening up that area for you. However, I, you know, I, I want to go here for a second, right? Because I don't want to excuse those 
uh, that behavior of people stopping in crowded hallways and blocking those around them or, or doorways and because that's a pet peeve of mine as well, right? And I think there's something that shows up here, right? It's not right or wrong, it just is. I think many people right now in our world with all the noise and distraction coming at us and our devices and everything else, which are all good things, right? Um, but with too much of it, they become, we become desensitized and, and we're just, I think there's a lack of awareness. Yeah. I call it court presence. They don't have court presence. Presence on the court. On like the court, yeah. There's other players coming at yeah. me. I need to move the ball, yeah. etc. I agree 100%, right? And, and I think it's not that they deserve our kindness less. I think they're just less aware of their situation, of where they are, where they're showing up for others around them. And, and I think it's the society that in which we live. So I don't think they're at fault per se, right? However, for me, the tendency is to think I'm better than people because I have awareness. I'm situationally aware. I know when I walk into a room, the space that I occupy in that room. I know that when I move to the left, if there's people or not, I'm not one of those people that walk into other people yeah. because I wasn't paying attention or I'm on my phone and I'm walking into random people and walls and other stuff or that's how I drive as well because I'm on my device and I'm, I'm putting the lives of others at danger. So I do think that that behavior itself should be called out and, and that behavior is not something that we want to uh, give people a pass on. I don't know if I'm coming across the right way on this. What's What are you hearing? Well, you just reminded me of how to alter behavior with kindness, not, as you said, with your brother, advice and whatever. Uh, my dad was a traveling salesman, and sometimes he'd be gone for a week or two weeks when I was in my early teens. And if he came home a day early and I came in at 2 o'clock in the morning on a school night, I got 10 licks and I was even. You know, I got caught, and now I'm even. And so I didn't stop doing it, and I just paid the price when I got caught. Well, my dad got remarried, and I come in about 2 o'clock one morning while he's gone, and I hear from the far bedroom, Gary, is that you? And I go, yeah, Mom. Well, you've got a big day tomorrow. You'd better get your rest. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. This woman has been listening to every creek, worried to death that I'm, you know, on the side of the road somewhere, and I couldn't stay out late anymore because she she killed me. She transformed me with kindness, not with ten licks. Ten licks wasn't transforming me. So I get that, right? The whole kill them with kindness, well, cliche. But maybe how just do you love make that them real? with kindness. How do you make that real? Like, take that deeper, right? Because I'm hearing what you're saying about your mom, and, and that sounds sweet and everything like that. But what really made you transform your behavior? Well, uh, because she wasn't punishing me. She was, I was actually, I got present, so I was punishing her by not communicating. So I would call at 930 and go, Mom, I'm at Jimmy's. I'll be home by 10. Don't worry. You know, and I would come home by 10. So uh, it, it wasn't about killing with kindness. It was about uh, just being present to the effect I had on someone. I couldn't get even with my mom if I came in at 2 o'clock because she wasn't going to do anything to me. All she was doing was loving me and was just in pain. Mm. Okay, I get that. Now, how I deal with the person blocking the doorway? That you don't know that isn't yeah, your mom. Just, uh, I guess I could say, excuse me, please, uh, I need to get around you. Or just uh, if you'd pull over a little bit, I could pass. So another story you just comes to mind because you just said that. So I pull into uh, my, my place where I live and... Uh, I can't get make the right-hand turn into the parking space because there's an SUV that's decided to park right there on the curb because he's obviously waiting for someone. So I signal at him like, and I point to the right, I need to park. 
can you move? And he just kind of gives me this deer in the headlights look. So I pull up next to him and I roll down my window and I said, could you please park somewhere so you're not blocking so that I can park my car? Thank you. And I was just sharp about it. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for someone. They should have been here a long time ago with a package and, and, and I'm just waiting for them. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. And then he doesn't move. <laughs> so he gives me his story and then he doesn't move because he actually didn't hear what I was requesting. And he was so unaware of how he's blocking another human being. And I, I kind of felt that, that hostility coming up in me. And I have a, a small little sports car, so I was able to maneuver and still park my car. And I get out of the car and I grab my briefcase and I'm walking in. And he, he, his window was still down and he's, and he says, Oh, sorry about that. You know, again, I'm, I'm just waiting for someone that, you know, I got to pick up their package, uh, pick up a package and they're just so darn late. It's just ridiculous. And I go, well, in the meantime, maybe you would want to move your car so you're not blocking everyone else. That'd be a good idea, right? And what do you say? And he just, Oh, kind of grunts. So I go into my place and I drop off my bags and I drop off the grocery bags and I was just doing a drop off, right? And then I come back out to get in my car and I'm like, this guy better have moved. And there's all these open parking spots, right? That he could easily park in. And he's still there, Gary, right behind my car, parked sideways. And I just walk over and I knock on the glass and I was like, sir, maybe you didn't hear me before. You're parked in front of me. You're making it very awkward and you're causing a problem where you're parked. Can you park in one of the empty stalls, please? Is that clear enough for you? (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He backs up his car about four inches and then sits there. Like that's enough room for me to back up my car. Now, he wasn't being hostile. He wasn't being confrontational. He was just being completely unaware of cause and effect, what he was causing. And so I maneuvered out or whatever, and then he parked in a stall (laughs) right right where I was parked. And I was like, you know, what the heck was that? I said, okay, I can look at his behavior. But at the same time, I have to look at mine. I could have handled that another way. I could have not been affected by that. I could have chose to be kind and then create workability where I didn't see workability. I could have parked somewhere else rather than the spot I wanted that I normally park at. And yeah, it's right that that's my spot, that's where I park every day, and who's this guy who's just a random visitor? But do I wanna be right, as my friend says, or do I wanna be happy? And I think lack of kindness from ourself creates unhappiness yeah. in ourself. What do you think about that? Well, you just said something that resonated right or happy. I call it in relationship, do I want to be right or do I want to be in love? Because whenever I'm being righteous right, I'm not being in love. Well, maybe I'm in love with myself more than I am the other person. We love ourselves. Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm clear that whenever I find, it, for instance, my wife is so close to perfect, it's amazing, but she leaves the sponge in the sink wet instead of putting it in a little rack so it'll dry out. Gary, that drives me mad because it causes bacteria and, and it, it stinks. And, then, like, and it stinks and I have to pick it a, a stinky sponge and put it in a rack. And why would you want a dirty, stinky, bacteria-filled sponge to wash dishes with? Exactly. Like, it, it's not logical. So I'm clear I'm right on this. I'm clear you're right on this too, Gary. And guess what? When I'm right about the sponge, I'm not in love. I'm being right. And I don't want to go through a life with a wife that I'm right with. I want to go through life with a wife that I'm in love with. And so every moment I catch myself being right I'd make a choice in that moment to step back into love. 
So for our listeners out there, what's showing up for you right now? What part of your life are you trying to be right in? And you're missing out on love, like Gary's saying. I think this is powerful. I think it's a powerful reflection to just kind of sit with. Say, okay, in my relationships, am I right or am I being in love? Which do I want? And then we can choose that, right? And it's not easy. And it's a new muscle for some of us, like you and I, who tend to be righteous and bulldozers. And maybe it will come more natural for some of our listeners out there. But even with the work of building that new muscle, it's worth it, right? Because what's the alternative? Going through life unhappy. In conflict. Angry. (laughs) Angry. And which creates aloneness. Yeah. Yeah. We create this little protective bubble around us. Because here's the thing, folks. If you're constantly being right all the time, eventually you're going to push everyone around you who loves you away. It's just a matter of time. I've done it. I've done it at different stages of my life. And I tried to undo it, and it was really difficult. I had to go out and make new friends. Yeah, because I was right with them. But people don't want to be around people that are right all the time, do they? Well, there's one thing about being right, and then I've kind of moved that to the righteous right level, where I actually have to convince the other person in one devious way or another that they're wrong and I'm right. You can be right without making people wrong and I think that's okay. But when you're right and make them wrong, that's when you're really, really, really shoving them away. Okay, Gary, go there for a second, right? Because this is where you have great experience, right? And again, we're not gonna go into what you do and stuff like that. You're a business coach. This is what you do though, right? And it's like, being right without making others wrong is kindness. That's showing kindness. Yes. Isn't it? So how do you do that? Like specifically, like if someone's listening right now and they're saying, okay, that sounds really good and that's warm and fuzzy and very kumbaya, Gary. Thank you. I appreciate it. But how the heck do I implement that? Right? Because for me to be right, I have to tell them I'm right. Well, my sister did a wonderful thing. Uh, She heard a radio show about how to deal with children when they spill their milk or do something wrong uh, accidentally. And it was, don't get mad, don't complain, make a request. So what I did was they spilled their milk like they did often at the table. Oh, I showed you guys how to clean that up. You know where the paper towels are. Let's see how fast you can clean up the milk. And boom, they'd make a little race out of it and go get the thing, clean it up. And okay, you milk's in the thing if you need more milk. And I went, wow, that's really working. So maybe I could try that with my employees too. And then I realized how well it worked with everyone. So when you're right, don't spill milk at the table. There's no, it's duh, that's right. You know, if it's a complaint, you're making the other person wrong. If you make a request and what to do when there's a mistake, it doesn't make them wrong. It just allows them to clean up their own mistake. So give us an example of how in that same situation, the milk gets spilled. How would you make someone wrong? Uh, I can't believe you spilled the milk again. Man, I told you to be careful. No big parts and really, you know, you just throw, you know, upset back at them, which makes it worse. Now they don't feel like eating. Now they're crying at the table, you know, because they know they did something wrong and their dad's mad at them. You know, now they're focused on dad's mad instead of cleaning up the mess. And don't we want to teach our children, because we're all going to make mistakes, to just clean up the mess? Mm. And that's occurring for me right now is kindness, right? Kindness in how we treat others. And, and I know for me in that situation growing up, milk got spilled, I spilt milk. Well, one of my parents or both of my parents are going to blow a cork yeah. because the milk costs money. Yeah. And I work hard for that money. And now you don't get milk yeah. because you spilt your milk. How does that feel? And it was this guilt and this like manipulation type 
tactic, which was lack of kindness, anything but kindness. And again, they did the best they could back then with what they knew and everything like that. But what you're saying right now, one, the way they did that, it got me focused on something's wrong with me. Yeah. Right? And I created meanings and limiting belief systems as a little innocent boy who spilt milk, which was an accident, of something's wrong with me. I'm wrong. I'm bad. You don't deserve milk. I don't deserve milk. Yeah. Right? And, and as a little boy who is not formed yet, it's the survival mechanism that kicks in. And now I'm not focused on what it could have simply been, which is here's the solution to clean up the milk and go get yourself some more milk. <laughs> so in doing so, and I think this is where we, we um, this is what's coming up for me right now, Gary. Sometimes in our lack of kindness, we put the situation as more important than the person. Well, boy, that nails pretty much every act of unkindness we've talked about today. Yeah, right? We forget there's a human being in front of us, whether it's a little innocent boy who spilt milk or it's my brother-in-law driving in a minivan home from work blocking the left lane. Yeah. We forget, I forget, that there's a human being and we make the situation more important than the person. Yeah. Okay. I think that's our wake-up call for going through the rest of my life. Yeah. Put into words what, what you just got out of that. Um, it's really not about the situation. It's about the relationship, not just with the people we care about, but with all people. Because the more we step into the darkness, the more we step into the lack of kindness, the I'm better than them, the pride of this is more important where I'm going than you're going, the more we distance ourselves from love, the more we distance ourselves from humanity. And that's not who I'm committed to being. Uh, so it, I really need to look at standing in humanity as opposed to standing in a situation of spilled milk or blocking a left turn or keeping me from going 65 and a 50, you know, which is the situation it's 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 distancing me from people as opposed to connecting me i love that gary that's really good and it's like when we die think about that when we die are we going to remember the spilt milk are we going to remember the traffic jams the left-hand drivers none of that's going to show up for us right what's going to show up are the relationships the relationships that where we loved or the relationships where we lost well, I'll tell you this, I hope my boys remember the love and they don't remember the dad screaming at them over the milk well, before I realized just to make a request. So uh, that's really the important memory there is, you know, it's not because I was important, it's because they felt my love, you know, and so uh, if I'm missed, I don't want to be missed because there's no one to yell and scream at me. I really want them to miss me because of the difference I made for them and the, and the love that they got uh, regardless. Folks, if you're listening to this podcast right now and what's showing up for you is that your life has been full of unkindness to other people, or maybe you're driving in your car right now and there's someone right in front of you in the left lane. Here's the good news. You can recreate your life this very moment. You don't have to look back with regret. You don't have to sit and feel sad about all the unkindness you've brought into the world with your family, your friends. You don't have to sit in that. You can make a choice right here, right now to choose kindness to do, choose people over situations and to always stay focused that this is a person, this is a human being, this is a son or daughter of God the Father, and so am I. This is my brother and sister. And I think if we show up in the world, Gary, 
looking at the people around us as brothers and sisters. The same way when I pulled up to that minivan, there was my brother-in-law. But he's my brother. And immediately the anger, the rage, the hostility, it simmered down real quick. And I felt like a man, like an idiot. Yeah. I really did. For the overreaction I had created, the meaning I had given to a meaningless event. Right? Yeah. And, you know, while I'm sitting here, we were talking about kindness, our lack of kindness to people that we didn't think deserved it. Probably the next kindness segment needs to be on, are you one of those people that deserve kindness and you're not getting it? You know, I truly do believe I live a blessed life. So there's kindness that shows up coming to me everywhere. But that's not how everyone lives their life. So there's probably a podcast or two or three or a thousand that could really be, is kindness missing in your life? And and how can you access that through the love of God? I love it, right? And uh, I agree with you. So we'll go there for a second. Obviously, we won't do a whole show on this right now. However, if kindness, if you find yourself in life where kindness is missing, it is lacking, you're in a relationship where there is no kindness, where there's abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, uh, physical abuse, whatever is there that is the absence of kindness and love, and you know it, you know deep down, maybe you haven't admitted it, maybe you're justifying it because you love that person who mistreats you, who is unkind to you. Just remember this, that God the Father loves you more than anyone else ever can. And if you stay in a relationship of unkindness, of lack of love, then you are not being treated the way God created you. God is is love, right, Gary? Mm -hmm. God is love. You've been created from love, and you were created for love. And that means, you know, you sit and why well, you sit with that for a second, but then you stand in. I deserve love. Yes. I deserve love. You listening right now deserve love. And if the people around you are not providing that love for you, then you change the people around you. No matter what. Yes, it's hard. It's difficult. It takes time. There will be consequences. But it's your life. And your life is worth living with love. A life without love is not worth living. The good news is you can create love in your life and kindness in your life with one choice. Right here on this podcast, you can choose love. You can choose kindness. This isn't small, fluffy words. This is reality. You can change your reality right now. With the words of my voice and the words of Gary's voice right now, you can use your own voice to declare out into the world, into the universe, I choose love, I choose kindness. I will stand for love and I will stand for kindness. And I'm going to start with myself. Yeah. You get that, Gary? Yeah. Very cool. So, I don't have what it... uh, it's one hell of a struggle to be kind to the people who don't deserve it. I, I know that was the title, and we've kind of taken that title, and we said, you know, that's not ex- exactly accurate. Every human being deserves love. Every human being deserves kindness, and it all starts with me. And the reason why the world is not working today, Gary, just like you said earlier, is because I'm not standing for kindness in the world. Taking a stand for kindness showing up as kindness who i am is the possibility of kindness in the world so when people meet me they see me they drive next to me they see kindness they feel kindness they feel loved that's where it's at folks so with that gary we're headed right into the confession round oh so Gary, I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions and you'll have three seconds to answer each. Are you ready? Ready. Gary, what's your favorite thing about being an adult? Choice. What's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Consequences of choice. <laughs> Bad choices. 
What secret fear do you have about people? They won't like me. If you could be anyone in the world, Gary, who would you want to trade places with for the next seven days? Uh, Me when my first child was born. What do you wish you were better at? Uh, A husband that didn't drive my wife crazy at times. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Uh, My second book. What makes you smile more than anything? Uh, Sunrise. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Everything. (laughs) Everything. If you had to pick one thing, it was? My Uncle Ted. Your Uncle Ted. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be, Gary? Pain. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. God, I miss him. Okay. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Come on in. (laughs) Come on in, brother. And last question. If you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Care about the people, not the situation. (laughs) Boom. Well, I guess we nailed it in this conversation, Gary, if that's your uh, legacy advice there. So, Gary, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Um, Gary at Transformational Consulting. Oh, Gary.Teeny at TransformationalConsulting.com. And how do you spell Teeny? T-E-A-N-E-Y. Gary, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you, He's fascinated by you, and He wants to show you His awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with Him, and I'll see you on the next show.